morning everyone morning church what a pleasant time to be with all of you this morning to be here with all of you this morning uh, i am delighted to share this word with you and, uh, i don't normally do this but when the lord said uh, i should i accepted like a beautiful challenge and uh, since i am not the one to speak and Uh, serve since it's his spirit and since we are one family connected in the spirit i said uh, okay then i will let's pray please father lord we thank you we thank you for this wonderful morning we thank you for friends and family father lord we thank you for a great congregation father lord we ask you to bless this session to be with us all to teach us to reprimand us and to show us ways father lord all this we ask you in jesus name amen so as i was preparing for this session i was challenged with the title uh, of the topic that i am about to speak i am like a basaid in leadership development in entrepreneurship development in startup incubation and acceleration I have been helping leaders rise up, face challenges, come up with solutions in entrepreneurship, also come up with indigenous and local solutions to the multifaceted challenges that the country and our city face. In all of that, all in all, you know, combined together, I have been in leadership development for close to two decades. 20 years of the past 20 years 11 years as a full-time job the rest as a side engagement so through all that i have had my learnings in as i am approaching this age of mine i am reflecting and currently i am writing my i believe statements because i have lived i think long enough to write my own personal i believe statements so i had uh, opportunity to reflect over the last two decades of my engagement in leadership development i have served groups individuals movements movements led by young people movements led by women farmers associations small enterprises and all of that entrepreneurship is honestly a call for me and also in our company we say leadership is our call and we take it very seriously we have served many government non government organizations schools and all of that and through all that myself and teachers like myself have committed serious mistakes so the title for my session for my topic uh, the topic for my uh, uh, teaching is confessions of the teacher so i'm honestly here to confess in leadership development we have different models to define what leadership is and what it is not and most of the time we define it with a model as a le- as a leadership as a relationship between those who lead those who follow and the vision that they want to attain in that model you have thousands of other different me- uh, meanings but there is 
hyperinflated emphasis for vision. And we teach leaders to be, quote-unquote, visionary. We ask everyone to come up with a vision. We sometimes even impose it on people. You have to have a vision. You're a leader, you have to have a vision. If you don't have a vision, you know, you cannot make a difference. You cannot do this, you cannot do that. And hyper-inflated emphasis for vision. And then we also force leaders, entrepreneurs, to come up with an artificial vision that's not their own. Wrong premise always takes us to wrong conclusion. They start with a wrong vision, they arrive to a wrong destination. That's wrong. And this teaching, especially in Ethiopia, has been there the last close to 25 years, and I am one of those that promoted it. I'm still, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I am not, I don't believe in vision, I do. As the Bible says, where there is no vision, the people, yes. Indeed, the people perish when there is no vision. But the question is, what is vision? Who owns the vision? Are we supposed to have individual visions or we entertain the vision of God through us? Is God the owner or are we the owner? Do churches have vision or do churches entertain the vision of God through them? We say, this is my vision. We brag about it. We talk too much about it. The problem with this idea, the problem with this teaching is that, unfortunately, vision has a parallel. And the parallel to vision is called ambition. Vision is from God and ambition is from man. It's a fine line. Misu was saying this to me, but Teddy, as we were having coffee after the first service. But Teddy, it's a fine line. But it's a fine line. Yes, you're absolutely right, Misu, it's a fine line. You don't know where you miss it. Some of us, we finish our days serving our ambition, assuming that it's God's vision. How sad is that? I know. Oof. How sad is that? Serving our carnal desires, fleshly desires. And you know, our ego is so smart. We bring our ambitions to Christ and we say, we try and baptize our ambition for them to come, to become a vision. We bring them to God and we say, baptize them. You don't baptize ambition, you kill ambition over the cross. You kill your vision over the cross. But the church today is serving its ambition by the name of vision. Very unfortunate, very sad. Man serving his own desire. Some also have the audacity to say that vision is a purpose for which you live and die for. We need to investigate here. Which vision? Whose vision? We're not called to live and die for our ambitions. We're called to die for the gospel. 
We're called to die for the vision of God in us. That's how and that's what our fathers, forefathers showed us. And Paul was saying, woo for me if I don't deliver the message to such and such people. Woo for me because he knows where he received that message. His ambition, he was cleansed from his ambition. In fact, in a beautiful, comfortable, dark place for days. God put him forth. You know, in darkness, he cleansed him. He cleaned everything out. You know, he was zealous. Then he said, now I think you can go serve. Vision is of God. Ambition is from man. Vision is eternal. Ambition is temporal. Vision is internal. Ambition is external. That's also a parameter for us to measure which is which. If it is an ambition, then it's external and temporal. Check out your intention. Vision is never to serve the interest of the bearer. No, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Gideon, Deborah, David, Solomon, Paul, Peter, Steve Jobs. Oh, have you seen a rose claiming the color to be its own? Or a cow claiming the milk to be its own? Or an ox enjoying its meat? No. This also works in the marketplace, in entrepreneurship, in science, in technology. What was the benefit of that young man who dropped out of school in pursuit of this iPhone? What was the benefit of Steve Jobs except for the hard work, the hassle, the sickness? Wasn't it God's idea in him? Did he take it with him? Isn't it for us all? So is your business. Our visions are not ours. Never ours. They came through us, but they're not ours. They're not of us. Let alone our vision, even our children, they came through us, (laughs) but they're not even ours. It is for the other person. Moses said a good leader, you know, who once was an ambitious man, who took it with his hands, with his own hands to deliver Israelites from the bondage, who killed someone with his own hands. And, you know, it took God for tears to cleanse that man of his ambition and to convert his ambition into vision in a wilderness. And after that, Moses and God was angry at the people and Moses said, you know, God said, I'm going to kill these people, finish them all here. And he said, no, remove my name, sir. Not them. Remove my name. A person serving the vision of God. It was God who showed him the vision. And God was showing a vision to Abraham. He asked Abraham to come out and look at the stars, the sand. And he was saying, look at the stars, Abraham. What do you see? 
That is God that shows. For us to see a vision, there has to be the owner of the vision. Another myth in the church, vision is to the elites. No. Vision is to everyone, especially in the church of God, in the New Testament. Had it been, you know, for the elites, had the desire of God been raising men and women of God, it would have been easier for God to do well in the Old Testament. He had great men like Samson, Gideon, David, and all of those great people. But now, in our days, God's desire is to raise a nation, to raise the church, to raise many and his vision is for us to be salt and light. The chosen generation. That's God's vision through us, through the church. This also works in the marketplace. My good friend here, Kibret, runs the Tabata Ambulance. It's not his vision. Kibret cannot, cannot come up with this vision. No, we don't have that goodness in us. It is God's idea in Him. Is it? You can be in Kolo, you can be in food, you can be in real estate. It's God's idea through you. The different gifts, the different grace. And finally, when we are connected with the ligament as the body of Christ, we manifest the glory and the love and the grace of God to the world then will become the light and the salt. Vision is not also to leave a legacy behind. You don't leave your legacy. That's a wrong teaching. That's a wrong teaching in leadership. A subtle teaching that also made its way in the church and teaching people to leave their legacy behind. You know what it means for you to work towards your legacy? It is like you're building your own statue. Good leaders, they do what is right. Good leaders, they do what they are called for. Good leaders, they live up to the standards. They do what the Lord showed them, the right things all the time, every time. And then when they pass and then when they die, when everything is done and when everything is said and done, we look back and we say, that's his legacy. We're the ones to give you your legacy. Stop building your legacy. There is only one place. You know, leaving a legacy. Yeah, Ben is here. We teach this in leadership from Harvard to Yale and da-da-da. You name it. We sit down leaders and ask them to come up with that. What's your legacy project? Wow. You know, leaders, if you choose your own legacy project, nobody would have the courage to come and tell you feedback. Nobody would have the courage, the boldness to come and show you when you are wrong because you're building and you're busy building your own statue. You love it, we know. We respect you, we don't tell you. You go astray. There is only one place in the Bible where people were very busy building their legacy behind. One place in the Bible. One place. Who can tell me where that was? 
Yes, that's in Genesis. Who are the people? The Babylonians. They, in fact, word for word said, let's build this and leave it behind so that we will not be forgotten. That's not the spirit of Christ. That's the Babylonians. Do what is right. Leave it behind. Come out of your ambition. Vision is not also lordship over others. It's not. It's to serve. There is a wrong assumption that people with vision, we need to serve them. How about Mary Magdalene? How about Joanna? With a big vision, serving God with, her own, with the money that she was given from the Lord. She did not write a book. None of them wrote books. We don't see them doing this or that. They served and they left. And now we're talking about them. They were not too much worried to build their legacy. Now we're talking about them, 2022 Abeza. When people do the right things. In my work, in my engagement, I have seen a lot of entrepreneurs and church leaders starting new ministries, and especially for entrepreneurs. And I ask, why are you in entrepreneurship? And they say, because I want freedom over my time, freedom over my, freedom of money, freedom of time, da-da-da. I think genuine entrepreneurship requires more genuine reason than that. And also for ministries, we have seen People starting ministries just because they want to have lordship over others. Just because they don't have the modesty, the honesty, and the humility to serve in ministries that are already existing. The fruit, harvesting it. All these ministries, all these lords over Ethiopia. Maren. So vision is from God. Kevi uh, and Misu, can you help, help me with Romans 11.36 and Colossians 1.15-16. Romans 11.36. For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Uh, Colossians 1.15-16. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven, on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him. Wow. What's our place in this vision business then? What's our place in this? We are mere vessels. The clays. How about... Um, I think that's where I can raise my case. Like a good lawyer. I think we're just co-workers and we're vessels. Vision is from God. And when it is assumed to be ours or when it is assumed that it's the individuals, it creates enemies. 
It brings division in the church, in an office, in an organization, in corporate, and everywhere. Wherever you know the person stands up and says, this is my vision, my vision, my vision. Just like Joseph. Joseph, God had a vision through Joseph. It's not Joseph who had a vision. God had a vision through Joseph, but Joseph was standing up and telling the dream. My you know, it's a beautiful uh, word. He says, uh, my sheaf stood up and your sheaves were bound down for me. The sun and the moon were bound down for my star, my vision, me, my, my. And then his, his own brothers became his bitter enemies. It's not our vision. It's God's vision. It took ages for Joseph to realize that it was not his vision, it was God's vision through him. Misu, can you read Genesis 40, 45, uh, verse number seven for me, please? But God sent me ahead of you to preserve you, to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Hmm. Who sent him? Uh, answer me, please, because I'm a teacher, I'm a trainer, you know, I like to... To, to, to hear your, your, your sound. Who's saying Joseph? Who was dealing with him? Who owns the vision? What was his business in it? It was just a vessel. In fact, Joseph did not also realize that he was there to save the, the bloodline of the Messiah. He was only talking about the 12. How about the Messiah? How about the Messiah? Who saved the Messiah? How was he spared? For the young man, it was his vision. It's not. Don't be wrong. Your businesses are not yours. Maybe you're selling colo. It's not your vision. God is trying to feed some people. Maybe you're a designer. God is trying and to express himself through you. Maybe you're a mathematics teacher for grade, you know, third grade students. God is being a math teacher with you. You're just a me vessel. Maybe you're a housewife. God is raising children at home with you. This is my confession. We raised egotistical leaders over the years. It's become the order of the day for the leaders, for leaders to be self-inflated. Look at the world. Everywhere, everywhere is war. We make place. We're stewards. It's his vision. We're co-workers. We're co-workers. We're co-workers. I was reflecting, you know, over the past few years. I had friends through whom God was trying to release great ideas, entrepreneur, entrepreneurial ideas, ministries and all of that. We did not help them enough because we thought it was their vision. We let them die. Could that be why we did not finish the building over there? When we think that it's somebody else's vision, we don't cooperate, we envy. That's how it is. 
We don't cooperate. We don't work with others. So this is how it is, be it in business or anything, intake, education or whatever. Then what then is the benefit of the entrepreneur, that business person? What then is the benefit of Dr. Masele? He works hard, day and night. What then is his benefit? Because the law allows Dr. Masele to eat from the straw that he trashes. He sends his kids maybe to good school, but otherwise he labors more than his own employees. <laughs> they sleep better quality sleep than he is. Washo, Dr. Masele. That's how it is. A down on meterfo. A down on meterfo. Saratanya demos derasa alderasail mitanyal. I tell Dr. Masele. This is why we need to be supportive to one another. The vision is God's. Yeah. That's why Paul said, you know, this for me is a benefit. For me, you know, to die is a benefit. I can go and rest. If I live here, I, you know, I'll be of some service to you. But otherwise, for me, that's a wonderful break. So our visions are the different ideas, grace, love, and kindness of God through us. That good God, that kind and loving God expresses himself, in fact, across religions, faith. He's not like us, you know, grounded in small denominations. He gives, he puts his vision in people across nations, across religions. The idea that he put in a young man called Steve Jobs is helping us, changing the way we relate, the way we do business. This is why we need to be respectful of the ideas that God put in us. But the myth that leadership development trainers, coaches, people like myself committed is that we force leaders and we say, you have to be audacious to have a big vision like that of Martin Luther King. You remember Martin Luther King said that he had a vision we even have the audacity to misquote people like Martin Luther King. And we say, you remember Martin Luther King said, I have a dream that one day my four children will live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And we quote this, and we push leaders to come up with a vision. Come, come up with your vision. But you know what, it's a myth, that's not true. We misquote Martin Luther King with even with this I have a dream speech because Martin Luther King has I have a dream speech more than four or five. Here is one, listen. It's a myth. I have a dream 
Look, this is another I have a dream version. I have a dream that one day this nation, America, will rise up and leave out the true meaning of its creed. We hold this truth to be self-evident that all men are equal. This is also another I have a dream speech and he has more. Fortunately, that one was famous and he's not saying that that was his vision. The vision was called the civil rights movement of America. He was just one worker in that. Yes, he has mobilized. Yes, he has contributed his fair share. He was saying when this vision was fulfilled, is fulfilled that my children will live in such environment. But we, people like myself, we have the audacity to misquote him. As if he said that, that's his vision. No. That's how we created egotistical leaders. Expecting leaders to come up with grandiose vision. Voila. Like a magic show. You know magicians, you vessels. Don't be pushed too much to come up with a vision that's not God's. And if there is one that's not yours, that is the message. That is not yours. People who claim to be the vision is theirs would expect others to celebrate them. They don't even stop there. They would shortly start celebrating themselves. Before we know it, they worship themselves. The rest is history. So, vision is of God. Vision requires someone to initiate it, to ignite it, and it's God. You can be in any religion and we have this audacity to say that, you know, through your great works, God is revealing himself. As much as God is revealing himself through the rose, through the mountain, through the river, through the wind, through the weather, and God is revealing his might through your business ideas through education, through this and that, it's not yours. It's not yours. So, wherever there is vision, listen carefully, there is mission. Wherever there is mission, there is commission. Wherever there is commission, there is authority. Wherever there is authority, there is provision. Hence, wherever there is vision, there is provision. That's how it is in politics. That's how it is with diplomacy. When Ethiopia assigns its ambassador, the ambassador takes the flag of his country or her country. They, they move to the country, to the place where they are assigned. They carry the flag even on the car. If the ambassador is in the car, the flag is free to fly. But today, the church, we carry a different banner, a different flag that's not of the kingdom that we represent. And we call that vision. And we work very hard to, babs to baptize the parallel, the ambition to become vision. You remember the mother of Jacob and John. 
the most ambitious woman in the Bible for me, the most ambitious woman. She came and asked Jesus, I know you would give us, you would grant us our requests. And the teacher said, yes, I would. What's your request? And he said, uh, grant that one of my son would sit on the right and the other on the left. She's trying to baptize her ambition into a vision. You don't baptize your ambition. You kill your ambition over the cross. You don't baptize. You don't baptize. It does not resurrect. You kill it. You kill your ambition. Actually, that was the meaning of baptism. All this was supposed to be dealt with in discipleship one-on-one. But we're not doing good in discipleship. That's why we're all serving ourselves in the church. Masters. All of us masters. In fact, bad, terrible masters. We became terrible masters in the church. Look at the church. Wherever there is ambition, there is inflated ego. Fear, paranoia, doubt, mistrust, quarrel, favoritism, tribalism. Admanionate, mob, pride, arrogance, ignorance, riot, revolt, and self-adoration. That's how powerful ambition is. Because vision is of God, ambition is of man. God loves, I mean, wants to be worshipped, and man, so does man, until the man, you know, is surrendered to God. So, wherever there is vision, there is love and unity. Wherever there is ambition, there is quarrel and disunity. Wherever there is vision, cooperation, and for ambition, competition. You compete because you're an ambitious person. Wherever there is vision, there is other-mindedness. For ambition, shamelessness. That's why, you know, that woman asked Jesus, you know, shamelessly for her sons to be seated left and right. Two sons? Left and right? I mean, not even one, but both? You become shameless when you're ambitious. Where there is vision, there is service. Vision is service driven. And guess what ambition is driven by? Success. It is success-driven. Vision is certain and principled and grounded on the word of God. And ambition is focused on and confused 
and it's focused on subjective, relative standards and history. Vision is for the other person and ambition is for the self, for me, myself and I. For vision, God is the banner. For ambition, the self is the banner. For vision, there is a blessing. For ambition, there is only loss. When we are too busy with our ambitions, listen to what happens. Haggai chapter uh, 1, please, Misu. For vision, there is a blessing. Listen to what happens when we are ambitious. Haggai 1, 4. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains in ruin? If you read down, all these people are very busy chasing after their own life, minding their own uh, business. And they even had the audacity to say that, no, it's not time for the Lord's house to be built. And listen to what happens. Tell us what happens. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. Harvested little. You've planted much, but harvested little. You ambitious men and women. Listen. You eat, but never have enough. You ate and never have enough. Listen to the numbers of the salaries. Listen. Look at our earnings. It's increasing, ever increasing, but not satisfying. What's happening here? Listen. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. That's what ambition does to people, to the people of God. And listen also to what ambition does. Go to uh, oh, James. James 1. James 4, starting from 1. What causes fights and quarrels among you? What causes fights and quarrels among you? Listen. What? What's the cause of your quarrels? Go ahead. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Hmm. Your own ambitions. Go ahead. You desire but do not have, so you kill. Go ahead. You so you kill. When you're ambitious, you kill. Yes. You That's covet. how it is. And you call it? You covet, but you, you, commit. But you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. What's the cause for the quarrel and fight? The desires within us. Then you give it a label, a title. Sometimes you have, we have the, the, the courage to call it political. Huh? It's very subtle. It's very subtle. Listen carefully. It's very subtle. For our ambitions and desires to be discerned, it's very subtle. KB, can you read Matthew 16, 24? 
Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. That's how you deal with your ambition, with our ambition. Follow, carry the cross and follow Jesus. You don't improve ambitions. You don't become, you don't help them or improve them to become good. You kill them. They're damaged beyond repair. You can't repair it as much as God was unable to repair the first Adam. What happened to the first Adam? He was dealt on the cross. You don't, Adam was damaged beyond repair. It was beyond repair. I want to encourage all of us. One, to identify and discern into what we are pursuing. Are we pursuing that bottomless pit, the ambition, the carnal desire, or are we serving the Lord through the vision that he gave us? Where are we? I will ask Abba to come and pray for us, and thank you very much. Very difficult pill to swallow because uh, it is a life, this life of ambition has led us into a competition and uh, I think in Africa we're very much aware uh, the price that has been paid and yet we are the richest continent as you know but we live in poverty poverty of ideas poverty of people and it all boils down. Let's not talk about the politics, governments, organizations, infrastructures out there, right here in the house of God. This is Beza, quote-unquote Beza. It does not belong to anybody else. It is ours. No, we have to die to that thing. Uh, I travel a lot in the earlier days and I had someone say um, success is not what you have accomplished in your lifetime. It is the legacy you leave behind. Some of you have know me closely. You've heard me speak that like a mantra. <laughs> I've been repeating that wherever I go. legacy you leave behind. Really? What legacy do I have other than the Lord himself? What else do I give to the nations? What else do I give that's worth living for? 
Don't be eluded with this idea. A very good example here. We have come from different nations, from different walks of life. I pray that you smell Jesus in this place and not the nation Ethiopia or the, you know, the, the church Beza. I pray somehow, somehow, the life of the Lord Jesus, the Spirit of Christ, would be transmitted to you. We have not come to leave our fragrance. Our houses, Ethiopians, have come together and built this thing and so on. No. We have come because God spoke to us. This nation, this continent will be redeemed in righteousness. Not with self-ideas. So if you have come here, dream big to show Jesus Christ as Lord and creator of the universe. If you have come here, you have only one thing to live and die for, that's Christ. If there is anything we would show as a corporate body, this is not Beza Church. This is Africa Worship Center. All of us would come together and worship the living God. I mean, you think somehow, somehow we have left this, given this impression that somehow, you know, we are, we are Nigerians, we are Ghanaians, we are Ethiopians, we are... No, 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 no. We have died to all that. We are one in Christ and we are one in the Lord. This is a platform God has given us to show forth His glory and not ours. I pray that you would see a glimpse of what it means to live under the shadow of the Almighty. We are not competing with anybody. We are competing with our destiny. And our destiny so she must show him, Lord, Savior, creator of the universe. Thank you, Daddy. This, uh, I've really been hit twice very powerfully. And I pray that you will go out a different person this morning. All the talents you have, all the giftings that you have in your hand, all the resources that you have in your hand. Everything that you have and who you are belongs to Him. Only to show His glory. With your eyes to your feet. Did you get something out of today? Would it be to God that God brought us from different walks of life, nations and generations?
do you say refocus please refocus your attention refocus your vision and dream would you leave the remaining years of your life for my glory would you use the remaining years of your life your resources to empower others so that there would be a true reflection of the love of Christ in his church father i want to be the first to ask forgiveness as a church leader in this nation so much has happened we have been a burden to the nation taking each other to courts over petty ideas fighting over seats chairs positions Lord we have not been a good witness forgive us we have been backbiting each other destroying each other's reputation forgive us lord yes we talk about political reformation in africa economic reformation in africa but lord more than that let there be soul transformation let our lives be transformed to the image of jesus christ help us to be living witnesses of the living god This does not need a committee meeting. This does not need a board decision. It's just my individual determination. I will live and live for him. I will live and rise for him. Lord, I pray that you would put that kind of determination in each one of us. As we are called individually to be salt and light, the world will live it. confess to you who we are is yours whatever we have is yours help us to align with your cause help us as individuals as communities as a nation We thank you the way you spoke to us this morning. Help us not to change our ambition to vision, nor rather help us to live humbly. That particular calling that you have put in our lives. Stretch out your hands and receive the blessings of the Lord. The Lord bless you. The Lord shine his face upon you. The Lord give you grace and strength to live that which you have heard. The Lord bless you to be a man and a woman of conviction. Not only ambition, but conviction. 
Paul said it. It isn't I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Father, I pray that spirit would take all of us this week as we go to our different places. In our workplace, in our schools, in our businesses. Where we be given the grace to reflect your love, your passion, your compassion. And because of that, may neighbors and friends be transformed. I pronounce God's blessing, God's protection, God's provision upon your people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people say, Amen. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. Give Him praise.